Now, we're, we've passed out a little blue card for your Bible. And so stick it in there for the camera. We will hold this up. You cannot see it, but I will tell you. I can't, I can't read it to you. What does this say? Can you say it all together with me? Opportunity is now here. It's not that other word. Nowhere. It's not nowhere. It's now here. So stick that in your Bible. And any time you have a good day, read it. And any time you have something that's not looking like a good day, read it. Because opportunity is now here. Not coming, not uh, around the corner, not... Uh, you know, you could be on the edge of breakthrough for a hundred years and never have breakthrough. <laughs> you got to go all the way in, don't we? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to ask you a question tonight, like I do sometimes. Uh, are you happy with your life? Now, I know I'm talking to River Church and, and, and everything, but so I'll talk to broadcast and say, are you happy with your life? It's essential because you'll do crazy, wild, and unorthodox things to get happy if you're not happy. We've all been on the edge of something that we, we were experimenting with or trying or eased over the line just a little bit because we thought, well, maybe, maybe happiness is over there. Maybe uh, what I'm missing is around the corner or something. Sometimes that's why divorces happen, and that's why uh, uh, money schemes are wrought and all sorts of things. But we're, we're Jesus people. And so we can say we're happy all the time and that opportunity is now here. But the reality is, is we have to work on it all the time. And when I say work on it, just pay attention to the things, the source, the root, the beginning of what makes us happy. And uh, our relationship with Him, you, you can't really be happy without that. Amen? So uh, a lot of people are enduring their lives, as you know. Even, even what you just shared, somebody was enduring their life in their marriage until it either went under or went over. Hallelujah. We all have been where people have been there. There's no one that, don't, that doesn't know someone close that's been through a divorce. There's, that's, that's not happening. Everybody knows somebody, and uh, families are wrecked by that. But uh, I want to talk about, like we did Sunday, how... I know how I can know my life, how my life will turn out. Let me read that better. You can know how your life will turn out. That's how I'm going to say it. I think that's a great message. To know how your life will turn out, isn't that what everybody's on the edge of? Is saying, how's this going to go? How are my kids going to go? How's my money going to go? How's my car going to go? Uh, how am I going to pay my mortgage? Uh, uh, how is my life going to turn out? And I'm going to tell you how you can know how your life is going to turn out. Well, that means that if you find out that uh, it's not going like you thought it should, you can change it. We can adjust. Say, I can adjust. I can adjust. We're always adjusting. Every day we wake up and we, we set the priorities of our day because we can't do everything that we want to do. We can't do everything that even sometimes needs to be done, so we set priorities. We, we look at that piece of fruit in the refrigerator next to the piece of pie. <laughs> <laughs> And we, we make a priority right there. Hallelujah. The pie was good, by the way. <laughs> so uh, look, in, look in Deuteronomy chapter 30, if you're there. Look in verse 19. 30, 19. Are you happy with your life? Amen. 30, 19. It's, let's read it together. Uh, 
3019. Right here. Here. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Thy seed, that's your children. He said, uh, God's not in control. Now, I want to tell you all, we, tell, we talk about this all the time. If God's in control, he wouldn't say choose. Choosing is, I'm in control. I have choices. I get up and set the priorities of my day to go off on a bender or go to work or whatever. Choose this day. What's the choices? Death and life. Wow. There's a lot of ways you can have death, isn't it, besides actually losing your breath. And uh, blessing and cursing. So these things, if we have to choose them, that means they're both everywhere. Death and cursing are everywhere. And they're not like you have to really work a long time to get over into them. One slip and you've kind of eased into that path. So uh, Mark eleven twenty four. let's turn there. That's the old. Let's look in the New Testament where we can say, I want to know how my life's going to turn out. I'm going to tell you. It's up to you. I'm going to tell you God's not in control. Now he's in control of heaven. I'm telling you everything is just right in heaven. There's no hanky-panky, honky-tonky, you know, mess around in heaven. It is just right because if you're not born again, you didn't get in. And he's so wonderful that once you get there, you straighten up anything that wasn't right. And heaven's just right. But down here, there's a devil. There's the flesh. There's the curse. Things aren't going just right. And God is not in control. He wants to be in control of our life. But that's why we renew our mind. That's why we pray out things that are in us, against us. We pray in things that are life and life abundant. It says in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, let's read it together. Ready? Read. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Wow, that's up to me. God's not saying, you, this, this predestination, I, I got you going to the trash dump, and I got your sister over here, I got her going to be the queen of everything. That's not it at all. It's up to me. Point with me. It's up to me. So we have responsibility. We have accountability. We, if, if we don't like our life, we can't blame something else and say, well, it was my parents or it was my, uh, some, some preacher, some elder, some deacon did wrong and it just upset me so bad I just went off the deep end. Or there was always liquor at my house or there was cigarettes everywhere and therefore that's the reason I know that we all had to come over something. I said, in the world, there's something. And we all had to overcome something. We all have a story. Praise God. So right there, we will say, not a guaranteed, but opportunity is now here. Choose this day. Right now. Choose. Choose right now. You still got the rest of this day. It's just 720-something. You got the rest of this day to mess up, to choose death, to choose cursing. Or to go with life. It's not just like someday, some way. It's every day. It's every hour. And I like that. I like that that there's a way out. I like it that I'm not waiting on the Lord to kind of bow his scepter to me and say, well, I, I think tomorrow will be a better day for you. I'm, I'm working on it. 
I like it that I have a choice. I can control my future in Him. Now, that's in Him. I'm not, I'm not willful and not a renegade or rebel. I'm not trying to get anything. He's the master. He's the master. If thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. That word is master. Now, we Americans don't like that word master. We don't like that word. We like Lord. It sounds a lot softer and nicer, but master is the word. If you look it up, it really means controller. If thou will confess with your mouth the controller, Jesus. Well, I want him to have control. I'm giving up things that I've stronghold and had in the closet and in the dark room and whatever else that we all have. I'm giving those up all the time. Don't even know they exist. Some of them, you don't even know that they're there till one day they pop up and you go, that's what's been my problem. That's what's been my challenge. So uh, I, myself, and here at River Church, we are unwilling to accept any fact, any fact over the Word of God. They'll say, well, you got leukemia. That's a fact. But the truth is, by his stripes, I was healed. So if you lay down, if you lean over, if you fall back, well, then you're going to be living by the facts, and it'll be, you need, you need therapy, you need chemo, whatever they say you need, that's what the facts are for your life. But we are unwilling to accept any fact to rule over us in the truth of Jesus. We're not limited by any system. I am not limited by any system or tradition. I mean, I'm just laying down my life. You, you and I, we're, going, we're talking about vision going into 2022. we got to set some posts in the ground. Because anything you don't set in the ground will be drug out and drug on. How, how many of we know people that made New Year's revo- resolutions? And all those exercise machines that are for sale in March. <laughs> they're everywhere. Cheap. <laughs> Not used. Brand new. <laughs> <laughs> used one hour. <laughs> Mistake. <laughs> ah, so we're, uh, we're not limited by any system or tradition that promises anything about the impossibility. In other words, all things are possible. We sang it tonight, but it's not enough to sing it. It's not enough to say, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I, all things are possible. The, the rough and ready of the road is you got to stop. And you got to choose. You got to choose to get in the Word. You got to choose to pray. You got to choose to come to church. You got to choose to go to work. You got to choose to be nice. Being nice is a choice because you've seen people that are cussers and rough and everything, but when somebody comes in the room they want to impress, they can just sing like a bird. You know those people? So we can all do that. We can all change our. Uh, it's not enough. Enough is not enough. Enough is not enough. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over is enough. Uh, exceeding, abundantly, above all I have ever thought of, that's enough. Not just what I can think of, it's above and beyond. Uh, he was made poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. That's who we are. We've had identity theft in the church. The devil told you you had to put up with just enough, just enough to get by. 
And it's a lie, lie, lie. Because we were so poor and so broke and so out, we just thought enough would be enough. If I can just get to enough, if I can just pay the bills and, and get something nice for my daughter or whatever. And we said, I'll be happy with that. It's the same thing that says someday I'll just want a little cabin over there. When the Lord said, I want you in a mansion. I want you to have an address out in front instead of just country road. We, you go, well, that's what I want. Well, you can't do anything with your life. You can't support anything. You can't change anything. You can't take anybody out to lunch to talk to them about Jesus. And they don't want to just talk it over your table. They want you to go out and let's buy some fried chicken. And if you don't have any money for fried chicken, then, then you can't do it. You won't do it. It can't be done. Uh, enough is not enough. Uh, greater is he that is in me. Let's say that together. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now, you've got to believe that. It's not enough to say it in church. It's not enough to sing it on Sunday morning. You gotta, when the devil comes and says, I'm taking you out, and that's what he says. He says, I'm taking you out. He doesn't say, I've come to bother you. I've come to aggravate you. I'm a little pesky today, but I'm going to... No, he's come to take you out. And if he doesn't take you out, he wants to take out your brother or your mother so that everybody will know you couldn't have any power to save them. And for you to say, well, God, God, why God did you do it? All sorts of reasons why he takes people out. Uh, enough is not enough. He restoreth my soul. It's not all money. It's not all health. Sometimes we just need our emotions re-indexed. Because they're, they're, they're leading us someplace that we thought we'd never go. And our emotions, and we, and we can't get away from them. They're just there all the time. But he restoreth my soul. He leads me by the still waters. We need that. It's not enough to have enough. With long life, he satisfies me. With long life, he satisfies me. Not just like I'm an old man or I'm an old woman, you know, I, I, I made it, I'm 90 years old. Well, I know lots of 90-year-olds. I mean a, a good hunk of them. And they're the most miserable people you ever want to be around. They're not satisfied with long life. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm satisfied. I, I want more from him, I want, but it's up to me. It's just I can go as fast as I want to. And I like this one in Ephesians where it says, He has put all things under my feet. I just like that. It just seems to cover, cover everything. He has put all things under my feet. Nothing out here, nothing up there, down there. So you got to have a vision of this. you got to see yourself in this, not just see someday, some way, somebody will do it. But you got to put you in the picture. you got to put me, and not just someday. i got to put me in today because every battle is now. There's no battle tomorrow. Well, how are we going to pay the rent next month? Well, let's pay it this month. Every battle is now. And so we have to see ourselves winning the victory now. Because once he drags you off into the ditch and gnaws on you a little bit and tells you you're a worm and you'll never have anything, then it's not far to the end from there. You lose your emotions, you lose your body, you lose your money, you lose your friends. Everything goes downhill. We've got to stay on top all the time. Because we're on top not for us, but we're on top so we can drag other people out of the ditch. If you don't have it, you can't give it. And so we've got to get it. So I say, well, let's put on the Lord Jesus. Let's put on the Lord Jesus. It's an act. It's a, it's a commitment. You don't just say, well, I'm born again and he's, he's in there somewhere. 
No, I put him on. Get up in the morning and say, I put you on, Lord. You're at the front. You're at the back, side to side. I put you on and you're on me today. And you, you have a cognizance, an awareness. You have a, a, a knowing. This is him and me and we're going out together. That's when no weapon formed against you will prosper is when you got that on you. It's not just like a magic shield or something. You have him on. Uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please. I like that scripture. I wrote it down that we talked about Sunday, about Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, where the word says be uh, continually filled with the Holy Ghost. But the Greek actually says, be, but, be con but be being continually filled. So it's not a one and done. Well, I got the Holy Ghost back in 1980. One and done. Well, yay. Yay, you got the door open, but did anything come in? It leaks out. So we got to be being continually filled. And iron sharpens iron. So I, 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 you get a little rusty on the edge. You got to get up next to somebody that's sharp and can help you cut that stuff off. How many of y'all love friends? A true friend. I, I'm not talking about someone that wants to borrow money. I'm talking about a true friend. <laughs> <laughs> That'll just step up to you. I have, a, I have a dear friend. I'm not talking about my best friend here, uh, my wife, but I'm talking about I have a dear friend. And I tell him every once in a while, if you see it, I want you to say it. Now, you've got to get ready. You've got to brace yourself for that. Because, you know, sometimes when you give them permission, they take it. <laughs> and so, but you've got to want to say, but I want to be better. And I, I can't see me except through the lens of my own soul, my own head, my own mind. So I need someone to see me differently than I see me because I'm going to give me a pass. Do you all know you give yourself a pass? Yes. Yeah, you're the hardest of anybody on you and you're the best of anybody on you. So we need somebody, a friend. So we love friends. We love friends. We're making friends. We're trusting friends. And you'll get burned by one, and it's no way to say, well, I was burned by one. That's what Christians all over, there's more people that are backslid in this, in this city than there are people not born again. And the reason they say they're backslid is because some preacher, some elder, some trustee, some deacon, some fine Christian man got caught with a six-pack in his front seat or got caught whatever, whatever, whatever that made us say, well, if that's the way they are. It is the way they are, but it's not the way Jesus is. And he'll never let you down. He's never let you down. And, he, and God never said, people will never let you down. You can trust me on that. He never said that because he knows them. The fact is all of us have let somebody down. These people are so mad at somebody else for letting them down, but we have crossed the line, all of us, many times, and we regret it, and we don't like it. But 1 Corinthians 12, 18, let's see uh, where that would be. That's Hezekiah. <laughs> First Corinthians twelve eighteen. Where is that? There it is. Let's read that one together. Verse 18. Ready? Read. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, look, look, as it hath pleased him. So right there, you can't blame God. You can't blame God. Well, this is my place in life, and God didn't rescue me, didn't save me, didn't pull me out. He put you where it best suited you because it best suited him. He's real good at that. I'd say he was real good at that. He knows best. The higher you are you up, the further out you can see. And God puts you and I exactly the right place. Now, we can mess it up. 
We can wiggle out of it. We can, we can run away. Lots of us have. Lots of people still are. But if you just settle back and say, I'm the little toe on the left foot, and it is glorious down here. That's, that's, you can get elevated from there. There's always something to complain about. There's something, always something we can point out and criticize and, and note that didn't go just right. But the job that we have is to change it, to choose life, to choose blessing. Instead of saying, look at all the curse over here, look at all the death over here. Sure, just don't go there. Either go through the middle of it and help bring them back to life or just go around it and say, I don't, I don't think I can help them. Um, <laughs> I've got a 9 o'clock message with an 8 o'clock clock. <laughs> uh, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Let's, just, let's see what happens here. Proverbs chapter 4. We don't do a lot of Old Testament, but Proverbs is wisdom, and wisdom is forever. There's nothing here that's contrary. Now, if you get in the Old Testament and you try to get saved by the Old Testament way, or you try to get cleansed by the blood of bulls and goats, and if you try to sing according or play according to the Old Testament, you're going to mess up. But wisdom isn't ever. Verse, uh, verse 10 says, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Could I have a better amen? amen? I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Well, you could say, be teachable. Let's just stop here and point to ourselves and say, hey, you. Be teachable. So obey yourself. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. And that's talking about Jesus. The way of the wicked is darkness. They know not what, what they stumble. My son, here it is, attend to my words, incline thine ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they, those words, are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. It's everything. It's everything. You can steer your life if you'll get a vision of walking in wisdom, in the path of the Lord. Instead of what will be or what comes, I don't know what's coming, but you know, it, you never know what God's going to do. That's trash talking. We know exactly what He's going to do. We know exactly what He's going to do in every situation. He's not doing the, the, the secret thing or the, you never know what God's going to do. Or, or He's not doing that. The only thing that He says that He holds back from us, it says the secret place, the secret, the secret things belong to the Lord and to his children forever and ever. So even then you can know things that are hidden. We don't ask, we don't let our kids ask us th or know things sometimes until they ask us because we figure they're mature then. Well, the Lord, you can ask him questions and you, he'll figure, well, you're ready. You can handle it. Otherwise, you can know everything that he knows about everything. Why would he trust us with that? Because we're his children. We trust him. He trusts us. 
Let's be trustworthy. Let's, let's say he trusts me instead of being like a scoundrel or a black sheep or, you know, somebody that nobody can trust. God trusts me. He'll show me the secret things. He'll show me the life. He'll show me the blessing if I'm asking for it. What things soever ye desire when you pray, what things soever I desire when I pray, believe that you receive them. Connect. Hook on and say, you're my father and I'm your child. You got it. You want me to have it. I'm here to get it. Don't have to swipe it, steal it, manipulate it, embezzle it. He says, there it is, son. It's like the mama that cooks the cookies and puts them on a plate on the table and says, y'all come and get them. What's better than that? Well, this is better than that. Yay. Yay. Uh, where, where'd I end there? For they are life to them that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it, the heart are the issues, the boundaries and the borders of life. So wisdom will tell you where you can go, how far you can go. But don't go past that because there's evil men back there. There's, there's evil plots and plans. Don't go past that. And we said, okay. We said, okay. So uh, all these things where this proverb thing is, the wisdom, has to do, you go through and look at every verse, every one of them has to do with God wants to keep you on the straight path, and he has a plan for our lives. He has a vision. He has a blueprint. He has a strategy. He has a dream for our lives. And so we are dream catchers. I know that's an Indian or a mystical term, but it's, it's still the truth. If we lay down at night or if we get up and look ahead, God will show us things that are precious to us. I listen to people that know, they, they can prophesy and they can you know, tell you all sorts of things, but they don't know if they ought to put their shoe on the left foot or the right foot. You know, it's, it's like, how can you know so much about these deep things and not know which hand you use the fork in or whatever? We should know. Family, I'm here to encourage you. We can know more than we know. Even science, even lowly science says you don't use near all your brain. Have you ever seen some small women, short women, small women? You look at their cranium, their head, their skull, and you go, there can't be much brain in there. It's not going to be bigger than the head. That's what I look at a chihuahua. I look at a chihuahua and say, your brain ain't, it ain't this big because your head's no bigger than that. But we don't need all that. I mean, you, and then you get the Hulk or somebody that's seven foot seven or whatever, and they got this head like a basketball or something. And you go, look at all the brains they got. They're dumb as a rock. <laughs> all right, tell me they're not. And you go, so there's, there's, we know that there's just a small part of what we have in our head scientifically that we actually need to completely function and do brain surgery. You know, not, brain surgeons are not known for their large heads. So that's not it. So the things of the Spirit, we can know more. We ought to know more. So we can go, so we can do, so we can have. We ought to know more. We don't know enough because we don't ask enough. What things soever ye desire. Then go to Ephesians, it says, exceeding abundantly, above all you can ask, think, imagine, or meditate. God left the gate open. He said, y'all go as far as you want. 
No fences here. No, no tie-ups here. No limits here. Go as far as you want. With long life, I'll satisfy you. If you don't get it done until you're 80, we'll just go 20 more. Now, people don't like this. They don't like this thing where God's not tethered and tied in and, you know, they like God to be a bully. He just kills who he wants and little children and mamas and he just kills who he wants because he's got a master plan. That's naughty. He'd be a child abuser if we could try him on the earth. I'm a dream sinner. Are you a dream sinner? This is the right answer. <laughs> Are you a dream sinner? Where does God hide his dreams? It's in you. Where, where are they? He's going to put it in your dog? He's going to put it in a building? Is he going to put it in, a, in an electric car? No, the dreams of God, I mean, he's got them. But everything that my parents have, I'm an heir to. Now, they're not letting go of it right now. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's mine. I mean, you've got to think, because God put the family together, and so he said, I want you to look at the family, study the family, understand them, and you'll know how I'm thinking. And so we're children. And so I'm a dream center. I'm created, you are created to hold the precious things of God. What is more special to a father than to have a son or anything that he can sit down and say, Son, I want to tell you my, my dream. What I what I what what have been precious to me? Your mother, your I have that's precious. Well, the father's doing that. Can he get anybody to stop and listen to his dream and be filled up with his dream instead of the dream of a new car that's coming out or a house on a hill or you know daisies around you? All these things that are wonderful to the eyes and the the flesh, but what about the precious things? Those things are not precious to God. His dreams, his vision is what's precious. And he wants you and me to have them. He wouldn't have said exceeding abundantly above all you've ever thought. I mean, it's the Bible. You want to turn there? We'll look at it. It's in the Bible. Y'all sure look sober out there. So I'm going to say this, and I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings, but if you don't have an active dream working in your life, you really don't have a life. You're on a machine of some kind. That was a little straight up. Let's say it a little better. Get a dream. You'll do better. How about that? Would that be better? I think, and this is what I, how I study it, that life without a dream is circular. It just goes round and round, and you can't get out of the, the loop, as it were. And so what you did is what you'll do, and what you'll do is what you'll think about doing again until you can do it again. There's nothing more important. Listen to me. There's nothing more important than knowing what season of life you are in. I talk to people all the time. Oh, back I had this, and I sure do want it again. And I, I had a motorcycle. I'll use that for an example. I had a motorcycle. I liked it a lot. Rode it, and it all that I could. But one day, the Lord said, season's over. You know, we don't want our kids to be in the season of diapers forever. 
the little thing that you stick in their mouth when they're three, we want it gone by four <laughs> or whatever. Don't we? Seasons. We want them to go to the potty and, and do all that stuff. We like these seasons, but Christians are really notorious for living in a dream of a season that God brought, enhanced, endued with his power, his pleasure, his wonder, and it was for that time. It was for that season, and it satisfied us, and it was great. But then we moved into another season. In other words, we're not through growing up. Are you still growing? Now, obviously, I'm not. I mean, apparently, but, but are we growing on the inside? I'm thinking about different things than I did 20 years ago. I, I'm, my dream is not like it used to be. I, I never wanted to run the marathon, but I promise you it's 133 miles away from me right now. There is no marathon in this boy. <laughs> what, what do you call those things when you go 26.2? What? A what? A marathon. That's, yeah, I don't do those either. And so you change your dream. If you don't, you'll get, listen, you'll get stuck. You'll be in an old vision that cannot, cannot, cannot come to pass. It cannot. It's over. It's done. And so sometimes when children, when we lose children, or a loved one, a spouse, I mean, it's part of life. Death is part of life. And we could do a lot better with that than we do. But you've heard of people that just left the room like it was and just lived. They just said, I'll never get over Bobby dying. I'll never get over it. And sure enough, you go back 10 years later and they didn't. Well, you go, well, that, we see that. But how about people that didn't lose anybody, but they're stuck in that same room where their hat and their books and their shoes were that they hadn't been touched in 15 or 20 years, how many Christians are in that same room with stuff that used to be or dreams that never came true because of us? Choose life, choose blessing. We didn't choose life. But somehow we want God to bring it in anyway. We want it to all be restored and made. But we didn't choose it at that time. There's consequences to choosing wrong. There's always a plan B, and he can always get you back, but it's further and it's harder to get back than if you just choose life the first time. I suffer from a lot of my mistakes that I've made, choices I've made. I mean, I wish I hadn't done them. And I got back to some, uh, some of the semblance of what I lost, but it was a hard pull. I mean, it's just, it just takes out of something else to get back. Well, what if we could choose right the first time? Well, Proverbs says, get wisdom. Get understanding. Well, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1, 29 and 30, somewhere in there. Read the chapter, it'll do you good. <laughs> it's in there and it says, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom and redemption and sanctification. So more Jesus means more wisdom. More wisdom means that we choose life and blessing. And more life and blessing means we have a great life. I want every season of my life to be great. I don't want to live in the 50s. Boy, they were great for me. I mean, I yay. Whew. But I don't want to go back to them not one day. This is the best season of my life right now. 
And where you are should be your best season. If it's not, it's because you're trying to live in a vision that's not relevant to now. So you got you got to lay down and say, I give it up. I give up motorcycles. One day he said, this is it. Last ride. I went home, put it up for sale. It was a happy day when I sold it. And I love motorcycles, I'm telling you. I loved farming. When I was a farmer, I farmed 10 years in West Texas, and nothing could have pulled me out of farming except the ministry. I mean, I liked it. I got up every day, way before the sun. And anyway, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Got to move on. Because the anointing for who you are now is not according to what you like, but it's according to the season of your life. In other words, the Lord anoints the season of your life, not a season you're trying to live in. The, the blessing on your old life. I, uh, I got just this much. Ephesians 3. Let's go there. Let's just go there. We've been talking about it, and we'll wind her up. Can you say hallelujah? I heard that, Garland. <laughs> okay, Ephesians 3.20. Now, I hope you have a Sunday school star around Ephesians 3.20. You know those big red and gold stars, green ones? Yay. We read this Sunday or the, sometime recently. But uh, verse 18, that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height well, verse 17 is talking about rooted and grounding, grounded in love. And to know the love of Christ. So here's a prerequisite. Here's where wisdom says, He will give me a vision that's exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think if I first choose to walk in love, to go after the love of Christ. You can't be meaner than a junkyard dog and, and have exceeding abundantly above. Would you all agree? So, so there is a condition, but that's what we want to do anyway. It's not like, oh, I've got to cross every mountain and swim every sea. No, I want to live in the love of Christ. I want that working through me. I admire people that just forgive, that just say, let's think about something else. Let's talk about something else. Let's just say that didn't happen. I'm so, I'm overwhelmed by it because it's not working that way in my life, in every realm of my life, but I'm working on it. How about you? We're working on it. Okay, let's say it together. I'm working on it. Whew, that was a pull teeth thing, Lord. <laughs> and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. What do you want more than that? What are you after that you want more than to be filled with the fullness of God? Well, you're off course. That's number one. You know, we get up every day and we set our priorities. Lord, I want to be filled with the fullness of God. Well... Good news is, is we are. But the overflow is what he's talking about. I like overflow. There's really not much going on. We're at the place right now in our lives, church, that full is what we all are. So now we've set a new standard not to go from quarter to half to all full. We want to be overflow. We want to be so filled with him that we want overflow. So that anything the devil sends to us, anything the curse brings up, anything that sin raises his head up, we say, I got this. The love of Christ constrains me. How does it do it? Verse 20. Now unto him, the Lord Jesus, that is able to do. He's able to do. He's able to do. 
Well, if he's able to do it, he's willing to do it. He's not able and not willing. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, in me, in you. Not like, oh, Lord, send some exceeding abundantly. He said it's already in there. Let me read this in the Passion because I've read it 72 times this year and I'm going to read it one more. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive is it. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Point to yourself with me and say, never doubt. Never more. No, we're not doubting it. We, we, we face it. We look at it. It comes to us. We never doubt. I got this. The love of God in me, we got this. And then he goes on and he said, uh, He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Ah, we just had church, y'all. Amen. Opportunity is now here. I don't know why I'm not doing any better than I am. It's not God. It's not even the devil. You know, we talk about that one-inch square screen door in the submarine. As small as it is, there's thousands of square feet of of plate on a submarine, but a one-inch screen door will send her to the bottom. (laughs) It just doesn't matter. And... Opportunity is now here. So, Lord, we change right now. We let the Word of God convict us in a way that we respond and say, I will go up higher. Lord, we look for the love of God to be filled with the fullness, the overflow of God. We want that. I want that. We want that. It is the key to everything. Everything else works. Prosperity works. Healing works. Favor works. Long life. It all works, Lord if we're filled with the fullness of God. So we all, in, in unison, we say we're going up higher. We're going to do more. We're going to overflow better. We're going to put away our, our we're going to quit choosing death. We're going to quit choosing cursing. And we're going to choose life. What things soever I desire when I pray, Lord, I believe I receive them. I want that, Lord. It's an overflow promise. I believe I receive them. You said, you said you shall have them. So we just, right now, right now, I want you just with me, the end of this year, we're in December now, let's just meditate on what things keeping you from going up higher. And you know what it is, it, it's, it's, nobody else does, but you know, and let's just, let's just throw it overboard tonight. Let's just get rid of it this year. Let's not take it into 22. We, we have a call in our lives, each one of you, and the church, River Church, and Tuscaloosa. We're, we're key to the whole state of Alabama. We better giddy up. Lord, we yield. We submit. We cooperate. We come under. We agree. On earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'll put it in your Bible. If I'd have really been on it. Yesterday or Monday, I would have put this on a little sticky thing and had it all trimmed out there and everything. 
But this afternoon, this is what you got. <laughs> We're receiving our midweek tithes and offerings. If you're giving tonight, Joey's in the aisle. He'll give you an envelope. 